Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. So July data from the local real estate sector caused a bit of a splash when it showed some unexpected life. But do these numbers tell the full story? Dane Idol, he is the founder and lead analyst of Idol Insights. He joins us today to maybe break it all down. Dane, thanks for joining us once again. No problem, Tyler. Pleasure as always. Okay, so we've been seeing signs of cautious optimism and even one BMO economist, he was saying that it looks like we're positioned for modest gains in the year ahead. Maybe let's start with a detached market here based sure. on this July data data that we got here, is there room for us to be optimistic or is this getting a little bit overblown based on kind of the numbers here? Why don't you break down the numbers for us? Sure. Um, Yeah, just kind of quick snapshot. It seems to be maybe a short-term bump here in the market, a little bit of stabilization coming, but uh, longer term, we're still seeing lower prices eventually. So as you say, let's get through uh, the data. So in the detached market, uh, the past month, July month, there was 852 detached sales. Now, that's a good indicator if we're just strictly using year over year. It was, it was a higher July than 2018. However, when you take the averages of the sales since 2005, there's over 1,070 sales on average. So we're below the average since 2005. And as you know, we do technical indicators as a main source of our kind of analytical interpretation. And in truthfulness, the market could have seen 1,100 detached sales and still been firmly in a downtrend. So the trend in greater Vancouver overall is still less sales um, continually with lower prices. Now, touching on the prices, uh, July sales was 1,494,000. Now, that's a very interesting number. Um, It's basically broken the 10-year uptrend, which I wasn't really anticipating happening probably until first quarter of 2020. So that's a little bit of a surprise. Now, by saying it's broken it, it's just hanging on the edge of it. Simultaneously, at the higher end of the low end of this range, which would be 1,480,000 down to 1,400,000, which is a huge psychological value, as we've mentioned here on the show before. So we're anticipating prices in 2020 to be testing 1.4 million, which is lower than obviously we are now. However, if this test occurs sooner than that, um, then by the time we actually meet up with these powerful downtrends, we could be going even further lower. um, And the next uh, psychological value price point is 1,225,000. Wow. So yeah. That is a difference. That's a huge difference, right? It's a difference of 24% of a market correction from the peak to 31%. So yes, there was some activity in the sales side. However, the inventory is, is, is still continually growing. We saw over 6,300 detached properties, 6,370 6, to be exact, again, above the five-year averages. So the inventory is growing above five-year averages and the sales are lower than the five-year average. Well, let me throw this out to you though. Um, do you take this away as more July is an anomaly, but what happens if we see August is decent year over year compared to with August 2018 and maybe September is as well? Because, you know, the, the summer is typically kind of a cooler period for home sales anyways. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if that's why people, their eyes perked up just a little bit in the past week or so. You know what? And you bring up a, a, an interesting point and it's taken to heart in my analytical interpretation in a different way. Why we believe we're seeing a little bit of a, a an additional bid here or, or a, a, um, an external energy come into the market that we hadn't seen over the last year or so is because of the price points. So remember about two years ago, we had that mortgage qualification stress test signaling that you had to show an extra 20% of income to, to qualify for the property. So simple example, if you were qualified pre-stress test for a million dollar mortgage, after post-stress test, you're at 800000 So that's a significant chunk of change, right? 
where the prices are in the detached market is roughly down 18%. So that's why you're seeing this segment of the market move in. They were literally forced to the sidelines by over government insight or however you want to uh, uh, term it or coin it. But the fact remains, prices are down 18%. There is a segment of that market that really does need to move up. They have a child, their their condo is just too small, their townhouse isn't fitting for what a variety of reasons. They need that detached property. So those people that were forced to the sidelines are now starting to step in. They, they have that mitigation of the cost and they, they have a need. Once that segment of the market has fulfilled its needs and desires, we don't really see another antithesis for this market to stop going lower. There's no rationale as to what's going to come next. Now, I know China's a big deal and all of that. However, West Coast gets a lot of migration as it is. So um, we don't really see that being a huge boon to the market, especially when there's other areas that are actually more investable, let's say, right? I mean, we have another coast city in Halifax on the other co- uh, side of the country that's actually growing in value while Vancouver is actually declining. So as an investment, we're not really thinking too, too many people are going to come to Greater Vancouver in the short term. And I mean, of course, Vancouver gets a bounce. Uh, eventually, it will find its technical bottom. However, we don't believe that will be till 2021. Um, oh, okay. So, so we've it, got some time. We still got some time. And, yeah. and just bear in mind, that's a five-year term or uh, mortgage term from the peak of the market in 2016, right? So let's just say prices are down 24%. Um, there, there will be a lot of foreclosure and bankruptcy proceedings beginning to happen before your renewal there, right? So in 2021, there, there, there will likely be a lot of uh, foreclosures on the market, which will necessitate some investors dipping their toe back in, and then we start to continue to move the market higher. So right now, what we are seeing is that prices are going down. People right. are moving in at this point. Uh, and then we also have more inventory available to people Correct. right now. So that, those are some of the factors working and, in play just for at least for this moment. And- exactly. And, and truthfully, I mean, I do anticipate prices kind of finding a little bit of stabilization here. It, it, I mean, it would shock me if we go down to 1.4 here before the end of the year. Okay. That being said, I mean, I don't dictate the market, right? The market actually puts the prices out. So if that does happen, then of course, we have a huge conversation coming up probably before the end of the year. However, with the the bump in sales and the positivity that's kind of thrown around here recently with a lot of the other analysts, um, and, and I agree. I mean, a short-term bump makes sense. However, that doesn't mean that I would necessarily put a five-year plan into action starting today. I, I would hold off till later dates. So is it possible? I don't know. There's sellers on the market. They're reading all these stories. They're saying, hey, look, we're, we're doing well. Maybe I can raise my prices up just a little bit. Are they going to meet the, the cold face of reality they quite will. soon? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, this this will last, as I say, there's a, there's a segment of a market that was that was absolutely forced to the sideline. Not every person in that segment really wants to buy now. They're actually kind of cheering for prices to go lower. However, there is enough of of a buyer pool that you see a, a nominal bump. I mean, 852 sales in the detached market, to my mind, isn't really anything to scream about. However, we, I mean, a market is full of bulls and bears, right? That's that's totally fine and fair. That what's that's what makes a market. So the bulls are saying, "Hey, we got some good news," and, and, and totally fine and fair that for them to be uh, sharing it. We're just saying it is positive, but it's a short-term positive. I mean, markets can't go straight south necessarily overnight, especially in real estate, right? You do see a little bit of ebb and flow in the trend of lower longer. 
So uh, we're talking about detached, but I'm also very curious about maybe where the condo market is standing sure. right now here. What are some of the, look, I, I think we saw some of these numbers as well that gave people um, some reason for, you know, to perk up here. Right. Is it telling the full story though, based on what you can gather from your data? Mm, no, again, uh, I mean, again, was it better than last year? Sure. Um, the, well, in the, in the condo prices, we're down roughly 13%, right? So we came at 656 now, what's interesting in the condo market versus the detached market, the detached market is testing the lower end of its trends, right? So it's fairly negative, <laughs> especially according to the price points. The condo market is actually testing the upper end of its downtrends. Okay. So, and that makes sense as condo markets usually lag. And I mean, kind of over the course of a year, detached market was testing the higher ends of its trend as well, right? And then, of course, now we're testing the lower end. So that is, is what we anticipate coming up for the condo market. Now, bear in mind with the condo market, um, first of all, let's just deal with the the hard numbers. So there was 1,245 sales um, in the month of July, again, higher than July of 2018. However, the market could have seen 1,600 sales and still firmly been in the downtrend. Right? Wow. So that's a, that's a big difference, though. It, it's a big difference, okay. right? And, and, and that's kind of our justification here. Yes, it was okay. It, it was a, it was an okay number. It wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't forecast changing. These numbers have to come in um, at certain points, right? So a little blip here and there really doesn't make any great significant difference in our long term projection. If you have short term goals like a seller, you, you, you might want to be taking advantage of this short term blip, right? If you're the buyers, we can safely say you you, you will probably do better a couple of years from now. So back into the condo market, there was over 5,500 inventory, right? And that's continually growing. So you're seeing continual growing in the inventory and then shrinking in the sales as far as trends go. Now, what will be upcoming here for the condo market is a slew of inventory, right? So, I mean, we, we work with realtors, um, quite a few of them and, and brokerages as well. And we see that there's a lot of assignment emails going out. Now, what an assignment is, is if I purchase the pre-sale and I, and I want to get out of that contract, I have to assign the contract to someone else. Now, we remember when the market was hot, assignments were kind of forbidden. So it's the same effect now. And the developer actually says in their contract, you, you can't assign it without our permission or without okay. maybe a few penalties. So it's literally written in the contract. But people want out of these contracts. So they're, they're assigning or they're hiring a realtor to try and privately assign it, which means realtors are getting inundated with their emails of, investment opportunity, opportunity alert, and, and, and they're really not opportunities unless you take a 20-year outlook, right? So once those properties actually come to completion, you will see a slew of inventory come on the market, on the rental market and on the sale market, because anybody that didn't achieve assignment sale will probably be trying to sell it on the open market with more eyes available to it. And, and, and that will be continuing happening 2020, 2021, and even into 2022 with all the developments that were going on. So that that will be a huge shift to the market. Well, so I, I know, and we've discussed this before, though, the developers are not going to you know have any prices like lower or anything like that. But could this have an impact on, say, condos that have already been built, though, if Absolutely. we have all of these listings coming online at this point? Yeah, and, and that's what we it's, uh, we, we term it uh, the cannibalization of a market. So as you say, the new condos, they're, they're going to try and set their price and not vary from it very much. Now, however, insiders do know you can get a full so if the condo is listed at let's just say 500,000 
I can go ahead and purchase the condo at 500000 on list price. However, there could be a cash back um, in, inside of the contract or upgraded appliances and some, some perks here and there that doesn't really fully match the 500 seen on paper. So it's a bit of a misleading uh, indicator in that fact of the, of the new market, but they do have that power, right? I mean, it's a new condo. So as you say, the resale market, it, it will be very difficult for a while for them to even receive viewing slash offers simply because they're not offering warranties. The building has mm. issues and everyone says, well, I mean, there's three new buildings with 50 new units in the three buildings. Why don't we pick one of those? It's got warranties. It's new. It's this yeah. and that, right? So I, I, until you find uh, a, a client that says, yeah, but that new building's the new condo is really small. This older building has some square footage. It's been upgraded, new pipes, new roofs, new elevators. So it's effectively a, a, an investable building. And you know what? It's a cheaper cost. So I can renovate it and make it feel new to me. So there will be that kind of subsect of the market that we'll see later on. But for sure, as these new buildings come to the market, you will see a, a huge effect in that resale side with just no activity. So I want to go backwards to something you said right at the beginning, though, because I know for a fact you're more of a a kind of guy who's like, hey, if you have a 20-year outlook, buy any time. But uh, you also mentioned that maybe 2021 is when we're going to be reaching maybe kind of the bottom. What advice do you have for anybody who is looking at the markets, maybe with like a a three to four-year outlook, though? You know, even for the 20-year outlook, folks, I mean, having a 20-year outlook, doesn't necessarily hurt if we purchase in 2021 as opposed to today because our our outlook's going to be that much better. So a three or four year year outlook. I mean, of course, we we offer a lot of free information on the ITEL Insights website as well. Um, We also offer static reports for a nominal fee. Basically with that, you'll be able to see the three or four year projection, right? What prices will be here in the upcoming years and maybe where you want to enter as opposed to today. Now, some markets we, we speak here of Greater Vancouver. There's individual markets, of course, Greater Vancouver inside, North Vancouver, Burnaby, New Westminster, and all of the others. So some markets move faster than others. Other ones take a little bit longer. So in a market where there's still $300,000 drop to go, I would highly be advising them to kind of wait on the sidelines until we actually see that 300000 or at least a 200000 price drop so they can get in, right, with less competition at a lower capital cost. However, others, they're already down 34%, right? So if it's your, your, your purpose just to get in and feel safe and you don't really care about an additional $150,000 price drop maybe because it's already come down so much, that's fine and fair, right? But it's kind of in your own unique personalized viewpoint of what you need. However, just because you're a home buyer doesn't mean you can't think like an investor, right? I mean, in my perspective, there's nothing wrong with watching another 200000 come off so that you can get a lower entry point. And inevitably, after 2021, we start to reverse the trends. Trends come higher. We come back up to 2018 all-time highs. And and you got some serious equity between 24% and 31%, depending on where this market bottoms, depending on how the guidance is, right? So life gets pretty sweet after you get uh, a 24% boost to your uh, equity position in uh, owning a home. Well, you alluded to the the China factor a few moments ago, and I was speaking to a developer earlier this week about, look, a lot of external factors going on right now with, say, Hong Kong and mainland China right now. We have very strong connections to Hong Kong. There's about 300,000 Canadians that live in Hong Kong. Who knows how that situation unfolds at this point? But do you anticipate, you know, that could actually have, you know, let's say we have a big exodus of people leaving Hong Kong. Do you think that could have a big impact on this market? You know, I hesitate to say big um, impact on this market, truthfully. We've seen it before. Does it have an impact? Yes. However, Greater Vancouver is truly a metropolis, 
I mean, people are coming and going for a variety of reasons right across the globe. We focus on China because that's been a big boon to us, especially after Expo 86 and, and Olympics, right? So yeah, that's a natural factor. However, again, we have been seen as opportunities, uh, opportunity rich in the past. I don't think the world is necessarily looking at Greater Vancouver as seeing it as opportunity rich for real estate. I mean, we're, we're a global leader in price points, right? So, I mean, when, when prices are 1494000 in a downtrend, it doesn't really sound like that appetizing of an opportunity. However, there are places across Canada, as I say, like in Halifax or in Fort McMurray, right? There's a lot of areas where there is investment and, and they've historically been there and seen a decent return while Vancouver is continually falling. There will be a, a time and place where they come back heavily. And what's funny about our technical analysis versus a fundamental analysis, you know, we're saying 2021 will be the bottom and 2022 we start to revert up. That might be the reason is that we actually see a real life factor that we, we do see an influx of that. However, we're saying that based on the technicals, there's no rationale as to say that it's going to be happening here in the next six months or the next year. What we're seeing in the technicals is really just a local factor, um, that, that, that uh, group that's been kind of mitigated the stress test effects right now, that they will be stepping into the market. After that's in and done, we think lower longer. And then the next, fa next factor could very well be uh, mainland China and the Hong Kong uh, people coming back home, Canadians, like you say. That could very well be. And then we see an investment opportunity when foreclosures are all here and so it's interesting between what the event is called um, versus we say an event will be coming, right? Like before the foreign buyers tax and government uh, had changed, we said there was a top in the market, right? So we don't know what the event necessarily will be called. We have a good inclination, but we see that there's technical factors that say, hey, the market's not going to do well versus probably in 2021, we'll be saying, hey, there's some technical factors that are starting to flip around. And truly when they break downtrends, not when they're in the middle of downtrends, like what we're seeing currently today. So essentially a, a crystal ball would be a, a very welcome tool for anybody in this industry at this point. You know what? And that's what we've heard a lot is, uh, you know, no one has a crystal ball uh, until we, we came along and they said, by golly, this is as close to a crystal ball right. as we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dane, as always, look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for joining us on the show. Looking forward to it, Tyler. Thank you. That's Dane Itell. He is founder and lead analyst of Itell Insight. And that's it for today. We'll be back after the weekend. For now, you can find our archives on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Share with your friends. It's going to help us reach even more people. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thank you for listening.